and welcome to We Will Talk About It, the Supernatural Rewatch podcast where we watch one episode every week, spoiler free. I'm Megan. I'm Kat. And this week we are watching Season 1, Episode 13, Route 666. I have been saying Route 66, obviously because America, mm-hmm. but trying to say 666 without mm-hmm. saying sex, 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 real hard <laughs> for me. It's been real hard. Well, fun fact. Ooh, um, yes. Route 666 is an extension of Route 66, oh. um, but was renamed Route 491 in 2003 for hopefully obvious reasons to yeah. do with sign stealage and what uh, have you. Yeah. So you and I, we've talked about this mm. before we recorded this episode, yeah. that for both of us, this episode did make us feel a bit uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It is a bit discomforting that the mm. monster of the week is hate crimes and racially motivated yeah. murder, particularly coming now from 2021, mm-hmm. you know, compared to myself in 2005, mm. even myself in 2014 when I kind of got back into the show and started yeah. listening, like my context for this episode has definitely changed, changed. Yeah, um, in terms of how I feel about the monster of the week, how I feel about the kind of idea of Sam and Dean coming in, kind of white knighting it and saving the day. Like all of that kind of doesn't sit particularly well with me. Um, It doesn't necessarily hold up. It wouldn't get made today. It wouldn't be written this way. No, especially with the the heroes being white Mm. men. Yeah. So in the vein yeah. of continuing education, mm-hmm. um, what I'm going to do in the show notes this week, Supernatural Wiki, of course, has collated mm-hmm. a bunch of essays and sort of think pieces that have been written Excellent. over the years by people of colour about race and supernatural and how it's mm. treated and how it's approached. Yep. It's not just about this episode, so fair warning, there are spoilers for later episodes and later characters that appear. Mm-hmm. But I do think that in this case it is best to elevate those voices yeah, who definitely. can speak much more eloquently than us mm-hmm. and also speak from lived experience. Yep. So in the rest of this episode we're probably not going to touch too much on the stuff that makes us uncomfortable just because it's not necessarily what the podcast is. No. But we wanted to lead in with that discussion and lead in with that conversation about how this episode made us feel. Yeah. Um, so that we weren't not talking about it at all. And we have been saying, like, in uh, if you've been listening along mm-hmm. from the beginning, thanks, guys. But also we have been talking about our feelings. And this one is probably the first one where both were, like, we're cringing not because mm-hmm. of, you know, CGI swarms or <laughs> bugs. We're cringing because of the context and that, yeah, it's it, it's dated. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about who wrote this episode mm-hmm. and who directed it. This episode was written by Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner and directed by Paul Shapiro. Now, this episode was written in a week. And the oh. reason for this, as best I can tell, and I don't fully understand because this seems to be a bit of like Hollywood stuff that I don't understand. Yeah, Hollywood speak that we're like, sure. The reason that it was written in such a short amount of time is because a script was lost that was meant to be filmed. I don't know what lost means in this context. Like <laughs> someone put some, the shredder. Or yeah, someone flung their laptop into the sea. I don't. Or, All I can just see is like like an intern who was like, it's, it's their dream job to be in Hollywood. <laughs> They're like 17 and they're running around getting coffee. And the next minute they didn't lose it. They just spilt you know, they've still a coffee mm-hmm. on like a very old school laptop. Yeah. And back then it's like, well, she's fucked. Yeah, no cloud or anything. So I don't yeah. really know what lost means. means. Lost in better comments. But I know that the script that they intended to shoot was lost and so uh, Eugenie and Brad were brought in kind of last minute to... This makes sense. So some of the acting may be more that they're trying to make dialogue work that maybe isn't very oh, okay. polished. 
Look, <laughs> there is a part, and we'll and we will talk about it because that's the podcast essentially. But I was watching. I'm like, ooh, this is rough, mm-hmm. and I cringed my way through the episode for more ways than one. But a mm-hmm. lot of it was particular interactions, and it just feeling mm-hmm. it. It definitely didn't feel like it was in sync with it, what we've been watching. No, I, I'm yeah, absolutely. I have quite a few notes on that, and I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah, cool uh, for sure. But shall we get into the episode? We should. We should. Oh boy. So we open on Missouri. There mm-hmm. is a man. He is a person of color. He, he is. is driving his car and it's talking on the car radio. It's talking about like an unexpected cold snap and it's really going to be very cold, mm-hmm. uh, sort of out of nowhere. And I just want to say this episode was originally meant to be set in Louisiana. So in sort of the proper South. Okay. Yep. But they, of course they're filming in Vancouver and I'm guessing that they filmed this maybe December, January. And you'll notice that it starts to snow in a lot of the scenes because they're in Vancouver in the winter. And so they had to change the location to Missouri afterwards because they were like, it doesn't snow in Louisiana. So we can't. So they've changed it to Missouri. And I think the the ADR'd, so additional dialogue recording, um, layered over the like, oh, it's a really unexpected cold snap. To explain why it's snowing in Missouri, yeah, <laughs> out of Good. out of nowhere, and it is huh. very funny in this episode to kind of watch them try to be really really casual about how many layers of clothes they're wearing, but like they're obviously mm. wearing like tons and tons of layers of clothes, and they've got gloves Pro- on at one and point, and probably are wearing like um, what's the clothes? Like long johns, but they're mm-hmm. like thermal wear, thermals. Yeah, there we go. I was like the long johns. Wait, nope, thermals. There we go. Yeah. So he is driving along. Mm-hmm. He starts to get interference in the car of the radio. Very the old static, of- classic static radio mm-hmm. crackle. It reminded me of, because um, I'm watching, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. I'm watching um, X-Files and every mm-hmm. time there is some kind of ooky spooky kabuki, mm-hmm. you know, badabuki thing mm-hmm. happening, it's always the radio that crackles. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. it makes me giggle so much. And it made me giggle in this episode because mm-hmm. I watched an episode of X-Files and then this I started watching this episode to mm-hmm. obviously start what, like for our podcast. I'm like, hee it just, it just made me giggle. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, classic. <laughs> so classic. He is driving along. He starts to get this interference and mm-hmm. he sees a truck behind him. Really high beam. That is really high beams. It's got the lights on top of the car, like on top of the uh, hood as yep. well, uh, and seems to be chasing him. And so he's accelerating. He's trying to get away. He thinks that he got away from the truck and then it reappears and it crashes him essentially into a ditch. And it's honestly, for the rest of this episode, not been super one that I'm really into. Mm. This car crash looks really good. Yeah. Like it's a the chasing, really good. It makes you feel like, oh, mm. this this is not a good presence. This is not good. No. This is not, not good. And it and the car crash itself is really well done. Like you can yeah. tell that it's a real car crash that they really Especially they did the it. Like and... it's really practical effects. Mm. Um, so I really appreciated this initial car crash for on a practical level. I yeah. always appreciate practical effects when people do them in yes. shows, particularly a show like this that doesn't necessarily have a massive budget no. for practical effects, especially in season one. But yeah, they like the car flips over and over and over, and obviously the implication is that this person has passed away. Yeah. Now, just getting back onto the car, mm-hmm. so... The truck or... Oh, wait, sorry, the truck. Yeah. The spooky uki kabuki mean truck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it the mean truck. Sure. It was giving me some Jeepers Creepers vibe. Now, okay. you, last week you said Jeepers Creepers 2. Yes. I'm bringing it back to OG1. Scarecrow, yeah. So two weeks ago for our podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We recorded last week. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I I have seen Jeepers Creepers too, like probably well after it actually came out. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing Jeepers Creepers original Mm -hmm. with my good friend, Charmaine. Mm -hmm. We were teenagers Mm -hmm. and I watched at her house. Mm -hmm. She lived up the road from me. Mm -hmm. We were in the, we were watching it at her house. Her parent, like her, her mum and her siblings were out of the house. We're watching on beanbags, like very, we rented it from like Blockbuster. Yeah. So yeah, so we were watching beanbags, like watching Jeepers Creepers with a baby Justin Long. Aww. He's in this movie and like Jeepers Creepers, not obviously a TV show, Supernatural. And the truck in Jeepers Creepers with the Mothman, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the evil thing, he was in, he had like a really scary truck mm-hmm. and he would scare, as you were saying, he, he got the, t- he got a, he got a good reaping in Jeepers Creepers too because he got a bus full of kids. Yeah. He got twins. Okay. Justin Long and a chick. Oh, I remember. I actually remember the trailer for the first Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, so that's the one. So that's the one I remember. And so watching that, it was like mid-afternoon, school holidays, like we were at 15 and we were walking, like I had to walk home and Mm -hmm. it was like not even a five-minute walk. We literally lived on the same street, so Mm -hmm. a five-minute walk. Anyway, I've said to Charmaine, I'm like, yo, I wouldn't have said yo because it was 2000s, but I was like, I don't want to walk home alone. I'm scared Mm -hmm. because we were petrified. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we're walking along. Now we lived, we grew up in like a country town mm-hmm. and <laughs> we were walking along and there was a lot of older vehicles because uh, a very well-established country town generally doesn't have new vehicles. No word of a fucking lie. This truck has come around the corner and was hooting his horn. Did we scream? And did my <laughs> dad leg it up, run down the stairs and leg it up the, uh, like leg it up the street to see what the hell was going on? Cause he thought we were going to die. <laughs> yes he did so when i saw this truck i'm like oh it's giving me jeepers creepers vibe flash tangent to 15 mm-hmm. year old cat can't walk home alone after seeing this movie which is clearly <laughs> fake as hell oh yeah and then it probably doesn't hold up today it doesn't hold up today oh it, no definitely does not seeing an older van which i think it was tooting for it must have been tooting because we may have been walking we weren't working on the road we we're walking on like the embankment but mm-hmm. it was all flat um off the side of the road, so I'm not too sure if he was tooting because he was just trying to spook some teenagers or yeah. he was just making sure that we were aware this this very big van-looking dodgy rape mm-hmm. van was driving past. Why, God, we scream so loud. <laughs> like, and in the country and people who know me in real life, I'm very loud. Yes. My, it, I'm I pretty sure. Can't I can't even I, imagine. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure some farm animals and were deaf that day they're like <laughs> i hear the world now i don't because i heard a very high-pitched scream <laughs> from a 15 year old so yeah so that's um so yeah when i saw this truck every time i appeared in this episode mm-hmm. that's where my brain went to like that that particular event in my life yeah so it's funny because i actually had a really specific reference for the truck as well oh really which is because i've creepers. always no it's not jeepers creepers i've always thought that this truck does not look like a truck we find out later this truck's meant to be from the 60s yeah but i never felt like it looked like a truck from the 60s no it- the reference that i had the reference point i've always yeah. had from it even from the first time i watched this episode back when i was 17 yeah. was the truck that marty mcfly gets at the end of back to the future you know when he get you probably don't have a reference point okay. for this okay so i'm just gonna um Guys, just letting you guys know, Megan may cut this because she'll, because I'll probably be buried in the backyard somewhere. That's fine. Uh, I saw, I saw Back to the Future in like '97, and I've never seen it since. It's one of my favorite. Films. Yeah, oh, we don't speak about it in the in the household of the Morrison Smith family because Joel fucking loves all three, and he 
quotes them often. He's like, you'd fucking know if you'd watch them. I'm like, eh, yeah. So I've just shown Kat a picture. I'll put the picture on Instagram as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, if you, um, like me, haven't seen Back to the Future. If you haven't like seen Back to the years. Future as many times as I have. The truck reminds me so much of the truck from Back to the Future, which oh, is yeah. from the 80s. So it doesn't feel very 60s. And even our boy, your bestie, mm. Eric Kripke, actually lists this as one of his least favorite episodes. Yeah, I can for see bu- why. For a bunch of reasons, reasons, but mostly because he doesn't think the truck is very scary. He does. He thinks it's more monster truck than haunted truck, which <laughs> yeah. I totally agree yeah. with. It feels like it needs to be one of those, like, um, yeah, you know, when you see mm-hmm. the America where they're like the massive wheels and yeah. They're, yeah, like they're meant to be like, I always think of the Simpsons where, mm-hmm. like, Truckinator or whatever, like, yeah. it just, just just gives me that, like, vibe. Yeah. It's not – it's more kooky, campy, spooky versus, mm-hmm. like, this is actually going – yeah, like, yeah. murder rampage. Yeah, and it's so interesting because, obviously, there are so many haunted car films. There's so many, oh, like, yeah. scary films. Christine? Yes, Christine yeah. um, is probably one of the, the biggest ones. My, only because my dad will kill me if I don't reference this. My dad's favorite director of all time is Steven Spielberg. Uh-huh. And he made me watch Steven Spielberg's first feature film, which was called Jewel, which is about a guy driving across the middle of America in the 70s and he gets traced by a truck and I think he dies in the end. It was not a very good film. I didn't enjoy it very much. But yeah, like there's tons of examples out there of kind of mm. scary truck, haunted truck, haunted mm. car, car chase scary movies to reference yeah, and this like, doesn't just... quite get there f- no. for this even though it's very upsetting oh what yeah happens. The, the event the chain of events are upsetting mm-hmm. but the the fear is more from us as mm-hmm. the viewer watching the person in the other vehicle yep. who was going who is feeling scared and frightened yeah that's what we're feeding off that versus the whole energy of this vehicle is murder central. Yeah. But it's more like murder central, but it's also playing wham. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, just, it, does, it doesn't, doesn't quite land. It doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. it makes sense. Cause as you said at the beginning with the whole writing of this episode in a week, mm-hmm. there was probably pretend like, I wonder if this was kind of off track mm-hmm. and they, as you said, it's been written in a week. Maybe the car was more dated for the original script. And they, yeah. in such short notice, they're like, well, we can't fucking change the car because yeah. you know, Gary, Gary the intern. I'm saying Gary. I mean, I'm, I'm making another story. Cat's a little story corner. Gary the intern dropped the laptop and that you know, or dropped a coffee. Mm-hmm. On the, he dropped a you know mocha frappuccino mm-hmm. on the on the laptop, and now the laptop's fucked and there's yeah. no cloud. And there was definitely no USBs back then. No, we were just getting them because I was in year twelve and ah. I had. Oh no, I still had floppy disks. But there were a few kids that had USBs of all of our gig. Yeah. Like you could put three documents on it. Yeah. Um, but so it yeah. wasn't holding a script. No. It may, it may have been. But yeah, I feel like Gary the intern mm-hmm. fucked up. And then our two, the two rise of the episode mm-hmm. have had to come in and like make it work. And yep. you know what? They're going, you know what? We'll just shoot the car or shoot the crazy motor truck mm-hmm. in the actual proper dark and make sure it's dark as fuck mm-hmm. with ble- big glaring lights and people won't notice. And it's like, well, people did notice. So, yeah. I, the other thing I do know about this episode is this episode was originally meant to be filmed entirely as a car chase. So from oh. the perspective of the Impala, but, like, for budget reasons, that was wildly oh, yeah, expensive and they couldn't yeah, make that it's work. Yeah, because fucking Impala. Because, like, at this time they're still using literal actual film to film these episodes. They have not transitioned to digital yet. Yeah. So a lot of the equipment's very heavy and expensive, so it didn't work. So, yeah, yeah again, I don't know what the original format of it, I don't know what they mean by an episode was lost. Like, yeah. who knows what And like I said, it's Gary the Intern. Yeah. 
But we cut to the next day. Yep. And Dean is having a conversation on a fo- on his phone. Sam is trying to figure out how to get around some roadworks that they've mm-hmm. discovered to try and get to Pennsylvania for yep. reasons that we We're, never find out. Yeah, it's um, undetermined. Undetermined. And Dean gets off the phone and says, yeah, but we're not going to Pennsylvania. Um, We're going to Missouri because we have a case from an old friend. Old friend. Friend. It's quickly established that this old friend is female in in nature. And we're not not saying love her. Uh, But we're not not saying that either. Yeah, that's right. And Sam is like, well, like, why are we suddenly dropping things? Like, what did, why would Who she Who is think, this friend? What's she doing? Why would she think that this is something that we would do? So they're in the car. They're driving um, to Missouri and Dean t- t- clearly has told Sam what's happened, which is that Martin um, is the father of mm. the girl, Cassie, who he was talking to on the phone. Yeah. And that he passed away in very mysterious circumstances, mm-hmm. that there was this car crash and she would not have called if she wasn't sure that there was something that maybe Dean could help with. He reveals that he dated Cassie for yep. a couple of weeks when he Love was her. waiting for um, his dad to wrap up a case, yep. uh, which is news to Sam that he would date anyone for more than one night. Yep. And Sam sort of asks, like, how did she know know? what you guys do? Like, how does she know that we're hunters? And Dean kind of goes really quiet and Sam is like, you told her our big secret. Like, the number one rule. The family code. We we do what we do and we shut up about it. That's right. You know, rule number one of Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't talk about Fight Fight Club. Club. Yeah. And Dean is like, yeah, I guess I did tell her. And he's very kind of cagey about it and won't, about really, why. Talk, won't really talk about it. Um, Sam is so mad. Oh, like, yeah. He's, oh, he is so shroppy. He is so pissed about this, oh, yeah. particularly because he's like, I dated Jess for a year and a half. We've established through the course of these episodes that Jess was definitely someone he saw himself having a future with. Oh, yeah. I feel if, and again, Kat's family corner or mm-hmm. Kat's story corner, 100%, he would have proposed to her, I think, if you know this didn't mm-hmm. happen. And we wouldn't know because, again... Supernatural would be made. Mm-hmm. I feel like once he got into Harvard Law mm-hmm. and he was making like good six months after, I reckon it'd be two years, he would have proposed to her because it's, it seemed like real love. Like it wasn't just a, you're my university girlfriend and I'll get my real, go- I'll get my real wife in the, when I finish university and I'm done yeah. with you. I feel the way, like you said, the way that the tone they've set mm-hmm. for Sam and his vengeance. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been very much like she was the love of his life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we now cut back. We're at a newspaper office. We see the editor mm-hmm. and we also see a woman who we presume is Cassie. Um, they are both people of color. Yep. And they're talking to the uh, what is later discovered to be the mayor, who yep. is a white man. Um, and they're talking about the fact that there's been multiple deaths on the same road right. and that they have all been people of colour who have died mm. and their mayor is trying to downplay the dangers he's and downplay sass. the – Yeah, he's a bit sort of sassy about it. Um, putting people, putting, putting Cass in a place a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For reasons unknown until later in the episode. Yes. Dean then shows up. And Cassie immediately only has eyes for Dean. Dean only has eyes for Cassie. And this is where Kat's eyes glaze over because mm-hmm. she is pulling the most like, I'm so glad you're here, but fuck you. But I'm so glad you're here. Fuck you. And at this point, Kat's like, oh, God, I now remember this episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So there's a lot to talk about here. Like they're obviously two incredibly good looking person. Like she's oh, yeah. a stone cold hottie. Oh, yeah. She sure. is. She is. So they're, they're two real hotties. Mm. Throughout the episode, 
I think the fact that they're both deeply attractive kind of distracts from the fact that there's not a ton of chemistry. There's no chemistry it between is, them. Man, it'd be like rubbing two sand like pieces of sandpaper together. There is just friction. There's no moistness. I'm sorry. My brain went there. I'm so sorry. My brain's like, there is nothing here. And I was trying to think of like how think two things don't connect. And I just went to just do big. I may not recover from this. <laughs> because when you were saying two pieces of sandpaper, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. You know, no, I can get, I can do this. I can get but through But you know this. what I mean? Like there's just. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let me just try and think of a better way to phrase this. <laughs> no, Lee, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. There is zero. Ke- uh, there's no, look, I'm calling as I see it. Yeah. There is zero chemistry and it could be because of the writing. Yeah. It's probably because of the writing. Yeah. But I also feel, and it's like nothing against either, either no. actor or actress. I think it's just some people gel better than others. And mm-hmm. I think they would have played very good, like, if they were actual friends. Yeah. I felt more chemistry, even though there was probably chemistry, but we're not meant to know about it. When going back to skin with, I can't think of a name, uh, this, the, the, the sister of. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I felt more chemistry between her and Dean mm-hmm. and her and Sam. And it's got nothing obviously to do with anything besides, I just don't think they were the right. Yeah. They just weren't the right fit. And no. it was, they sort of, as they, the British would say, they soldiered on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there was no good friction. No. No, there definitely doesn't feel like there's a ton of chemistry. And I think that it's kind of overridden by the fact that they're both competent actors. Yeah. They're both very beautiful people to look at. Yep. And so I think that that kind of overrides yep. the naturalness of chemistry. There and we'll talk a little bit about this a little bit later because yeah. I've got some sort of more specific things to yep. say. Cassie reveals that Clayton, who was in business with her father, was yep. the person, the other person that had died on the road. They'd been friends for years. Yeah. Um, and he was also a person of colour. Mm-hmm. But that before her father died, he had seen a truck that seemed to appear and disappear, mm. that there were tracks leading to where he crashed and it looked like he had been crashed into, but there was no evidence of another car. Yeah. And so all of that made him her feel like, there was something else going on, something that Dean and Sam should be investigating. Yeah. And that's why she's called them. We get a sense as well that they have some tension with how they ended things um, mm. in terms Conjecture. of what happened between yeah. these two people. And Sam in the background is mm-hmm. just like, he is, he is giving me the face of the Grinch mm-hmm. of when he's just like, oh, the, yes. the, the, the yep. evil smile. He is just like, this is going to feed me for a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, the drama. And it's, he's not meddling and he's not poking and he's not trying to fuck with shit, but he's also just like, oh, I'm mad, but this is going to be entertaining for me. Yes. And I understand this because I am that petty person too. Oh, yes. So while they're after they've had this discussion, they mm. cut to another car crash. Jimmy, the editor of the newspaper that yeah. we met earlier, um, has also been killed. Yep. Similar fashion to the other... Mm -hmm. um, persons of color yeah victims then we then cut to the next day Mm -hmm. um cassie is there she's talking to the mayor again she's very feisty about her discussion she's very she's max moxie in this episode you can definitely see in theory why dean would be into her oh yeah because she's a you know she's an independent person yeah who is like standing her ground standing Mm -hmm. by her what by her truth which is exactly how people should live their lives but yeah it's i can see on paper, mm-hmm. because you feel like she's very much playing the person they've written, 
and it's and that's fine. But again, it's just so oh yeah. It's just it's I'm gonna this is not this is probably in top five of episodes I fucking hate. Yeah. For many a reasons. And this is a big one because it's just it's so unbelievable. It's like yeah. watching Days of Our Lives, mm. which is where, you know, Jensen may have spent some time yeah. in his previous acting life. Yeah. But yeah, it just it, it just doesn't seem believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On paper, fine. Person, no. Yeah, exactly. Cassie asks if the mayor would consider closing the road if the people who had died were white. Yep. This episode, and I, I know at the start of the episode we said we weren't going to talk a ton about mm kind of how we feel about the broader strokes of this episode in the episode just because it's not the content of our podcast but I just want to say like this episode just does this show doesn't have the nuance to approach things like this in a way that feels you know organic feels like it's going to give it the time and space that it needs and and should have basically and so this sentence is really powerful sentence but it's just not in the right show to i think appropriately cover it yeah it's very much like it just seems it doesn't seem like yeah it's got it's powerful Mm -hmm. but it's in the next sentence it's lost yeah because again it's a fast-moving show Mm -hmm. it has a story to tell in 40 40 to 45 minutes Mm -hmm. not including credits Mm-hmm. not including ad breaks obviously mm-hmm. back then yeah exactly and the mayor replies like you are you calling me a racist yeah um Ugh. yeah Ugh. I, I know and Ugh. um if you think i'm a racist you should talk to your mother about it and, and it's, this is a clap back for me it all of this mm. is a bit irky to me Ugh. and it, it sort of does play out ultimately because we have we haven't really talked about it but it is revealed early on that cassie's mother is white and her yep. father is black so it was an interracial yep relationship so we now sort of have a couple of really quick cut scenes where sam and dean like this is really edited really oh really yeah tight. they have really it's so sam and dean get ready get mm. into their sort of big boy suits to go yep. pretend to be insurance um people brokers and i, uh, I don't really assurance assessors there That's we go. Gotta be like assessors? Um, talking assessors? to a friend of jimmy's to see if jimmy had ever heard of you know had ever mentioned any hallucinations such as a truck um, and one of the men that he's speaking to said, well, back in the 60s, mm. people of colour, men of colour in particular, yeah. were disappearing off the roads and it was always said that they would disappear into a black truck but no one ever knew who it was or mm-hmm. where they went. They just disappeared and for the time no one investigated. Because of that particular time period. Because of that particular time period, um, which is sort of – Sam and Dean realize that this is a haunted truck. They realize it's a vengeful spirit. Like a bit like Flying Dutchman yeah. kind of story, mm-hmm. but way worse. Yeah, very different in a lot of ways. Very different. Um, and Sam and Dean are still talking about – and Sam says, okay, I'll go do some research. You go talk to Cassie because it seems that like – it seems to be circling around your family and cir- like her family and circling around – Close. their lives yeah um so we need to figure out what's going on and sam is like oh and while you're there you know you could talk about your enormous unfinished business that yeah. you have with each your other enormous business that may be in your pantaloons i don't know i don't know um and they had this really interesting conversation where sam's kind of needling dean and but also oh, he's like being that younger brother like younger brother but also kind of you know being like oh you're st- i think you're you know i think you're still in love with her like why did you dump her 
and Dean just like stops and it, Sam realizes that actually Cassie dumped yeah. Dean. Dean didn't dump it's that Cassie. look of uh it's like what you, mm-hmm. I can't have feelings too. Yeah, and I think this is really interesting. And this this is what I was kind of gonna get to with the chemistry is that the writing in this episode is not the best. Mm. It's a bit rough in places. We'll talk about some rough dialogue that's about <laughs> to come up. But I think that with chemistry, the chemistry yeah. between Jensen and Jared, which is so palpable oh, and so yeah. there, it overcomes this rougher dialogue to make it into something better where you yeah. sort of get it's this. It's mediocre. It, it, you know, yeah. it's this great dialogue between those two. You're like, yeah, you, you're by this stage, you've definitely mm-hmm. brought in that they're brothers. Yeah. And they have a very complex and complicated relationship at times. Yeah. And you're very right. Like, especially that look that he just, it's almost like that steel angry Mm -hmm. fuck you you don't you don't bring up my hurt and sam not making like there's Mm -hmm. no words being spoken but it's all just face yeah and you're like oh 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 oh, it wasn't you this is a plot twist like yeah whoa and and again we've talked about this a few times of the idea that dean puts on a brave face that he has this bravado yeah switches off those emotions switches off these emotions you know performative masculinity one might say yes but underneath that he's quite vulnerable Mm. and this seems to be a time where he maybe was quite vulnerable with someone he told her the big secret the big family secret and they were only dating for weeks and how intense he, he she dumped him And just kind of how for someone who's quite brave on the outside and got that bravado but quite vulnerable on the inside might feel about being shut down or let down by someone who he thought maybe he could figure out a way to have a life with. Yeah. Which is definitely implied through this episode, which is that Dean thought there was going to be something happen between them and that maybe she did too, but she was the one that shut it down. Yeah. And now we get to the bit that (laughs) – with the the, the the scenes with the roughest dialogue, but I still have a lot to talk about. Uh, so Dean goes to talk to Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a big fight. Mm-hmm. The dialogue's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of chemistry from either of them it is, for each other in themselves. Their acting is, is them doing their best. And it also <laughs> feels like it's so dry. It's drier mm-hmm. than the damn desert. Like mm-hmm. it is rough. It is my elbows when I haven't moisturized for a week. It's yep. fucking rough. Like yeah. it is rough as sandpaper. Yeah, it's pretty Eww. it's pretty rough. But then they fuck. It is the weirdest, artsiest fucking scene. I but think- I'll also say for 2005, this is a pretty horny sex scene. Because 2005, oh, five, yeah. the girl never took her bra off and she's clearly got her bra off. She's she, on top. She's on well, – I have a note about that I'm going to talk about in a sec. Oh, my God. But um, she bites his nipple, which is kind <gasps> of properly horny. That's right. We're seeing some uh, some men nip. Where, this is like – and like some like actual kind of horny behavior because – Sex scenes in the early 2000s were pretty It's not even a sex scene. You know what it is? It's not even just a straight sex scene. Mm-hmm. It's a hate. It's almost like a, not a hate fuck, but it's on that vein. Yeah. Of like yeah. tension fuck. Attention. Yeah. Attention, attention fuck. fuck. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a hate fuck. It's, it's like a hate, ten- There's no hate. It's a. Ten- yeah, you're right. It's, ten- it's a tension. Tension fuck. Tension fuck. And, but yeah, it's pretty, for the 2005, like oh, she the was- sex scenes at the time, like we're all living in a post kind of Game of Thrones world oh, yeah. with sex scenes where they're very, you know, Bridgerton obviously is pretty big, has been pretty big this year, and it's just horny, oh. horny, horny, horny sex scenes. Um, but in 2005, sex scenes were pretty tame, particularly for quote-unquote teen shows, which was Or this, TV shows. And particularly on television. And this is a pretty horny it, teen it sex scene. It goes for like a good minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even just a, 
oh, they're going, shut the door, mm-hmm. dark scene. You may yeah. see them rolling around in the bed, which mm-hmm. I've always find really funny as obviously if you have had less sexy times. Mm-hmm. You ain't doing that when you haven't. No, 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 no. You know, you're not rolling yourself up in a, like a blanket burrito. Yeah, and yeah, you're very right. I was watching it. I was like, okay, it's going to cut soon. It's going to cut soon. Yeah. Oh my god, I have forgotten that this is porn. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty horny for the time that it was. I filmed do like in. they have the the artistic flair of like yes. darking like darking out bits, so we can't see bits. Like, essentially, yeah. see bits. So apparently, so the, the studio actually gave them a note. So they don't get a lot of notes about like the violence in Supernatural. Yep. But they got a note from the network to say that the girl can't be on top. <gasps> so, but she was. She was very briefly on top and then they like flipped it around. But I think in the original script, maybe she Whoa. was. She was the power. She was the. She was the top. I was going to say, was she the power top? Um, and- she, I, she, that she was the top in the, the sexual relationship, which like, fuck you. Um, CW for yeah, like f- yeah, mm. fuck you for that. But like, I do think it's interesting. So I have more to say about this sex. Yeah, thing, but but a little twenty bit, minutes later, but a little bit more specifically, yeah. I want to talk about me as a seventeen-year-old watching this sex scene. Yes, it's, it's not going to go where you think it's going to go. Oh. It's going to go a funnier place. So as a seventeen-year-old, I this had, a story you've been t- you've been holding on for a while. Yes, fantastic. Strap in. Yes, I mean so not strap on, strap in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sure. Sure. Sorry, Charmaine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> R.O.P. Sorry. As a seventeen-year-old, mm. I had the the wonderful, the glorious gift, which is that I bought a television from a Trash and Treasure oh at a local fate for fifty bucks. Didn't have a remote or anything. It was from like nineteen ninety-five. But it meant that I could have a television in my bedroom. That was which, yours. That was mine. Which for y'all young teens out there, if there's anyone out there listening that's like With proper iPhones. proper Gen Z, y'all don't understand. This no. meant that I could watch whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, without my sister's input, without my parents' input, up to and including horny stuff uninterrupted. But my parents had a tendency. They were they would knock on the door. But they wouldn't pause. There was no pausing. Ew. The knock would come as the door was opening. Ew. So I need you. So me watching this sex scene because mm-hmm. I remember this very clearly. I want you to p- come with me. Come back to uh-huh. two thousand and six. Seventeen year old Megan. Her walls are papered with Orlando Bloom and Travis Fimmel. Because yes, guys, before he was in Vikings, he was a Dolly model. He was on Home and Away, and he was on Home and Away. And I've got mm. my little single bed. And at the end of the bed is my um, like dressing table, and that's where my TV is sitting. Yep. Now, my TV doesn't have a remote because it's 2000, it's from 2000, it's 2006, it's a TV from 1995. Did it have the dials? It, it didn't have the dials, but it had the click button, so oh, you yeah, like click, click between. Yeah. So yeah. if I was watching a sex scene, because my parents tended to knock and then immediately enter, and my sisters often wouldn't knock because they're assholes, sorry guys, I would watch sex scenes like on the end of my bed with the fi- my finger <laughs> on the button <laughs> to change the channel so that if... Someone entered the room. Please note, guys, I was raised a Catholic and shame about sex is really real. So, I'm because so, it's so like, like what? pressed up against the TV, so close, enjoying this sex scene so much. You almost a threesome if you're that close to the TV. My parents came into my bedroom. I would press the channel, change it to like ABC or something innocent and like fling myself back on the bed so it looks like I was watching the 7.30 report the whole time and definitely nothing horny. And that's how I used to watch sex scenes because I had my own TV, which was wonderful, but I had parents with no boundaries, which was less wonderful. And so I'd watch them ready at any moment to be interrupted. Like if you're a parent out there and you've got teenage children, all I ask is just knock 
pause and then enter. Just my let parents. us jack off in peace. Yeah, look, and honestly, that was my parents. That was not my parents. I mean, um, yeah, there was at least a pause. There was. Ne- I've never been walked in on. Yeah, watching horny sex scenes, or as you said, jacking oh, so off. So many times. Oh man, like oh boy, I'm the I'm stress. The stress. Look, but I've watched like so many sex scenes with my dad. And he was like the king of making me uncomfortable. Oh. Like he was the king of it. So two brief stories. This is a dad-centric podcast. My dad doesn't listen, thank God. Um, he's actually banned. I've banned him from listening. I'm Good. like, I love that you I like that to you know support. that I have podcasts, but um, you're never allowed to listen because of the things that I so say. So what happened when you were back then watching the sex scene? Oh, so I this sex scene, like that. there's no real story. I don't remember being like, oh, this is so horny. I just remember that that's how I would have watched it. But two two quick stories. Firstly, my dad, I watched The Life of Brian with him for the first time by myself and there was full frontal male nudity. Yeah, that was is. the first time I'd ever seen a dick in real life. I was like 14 years old and I didn't know it was going to happen and I almost melted into the couch. I was so uncomfortable when it did. Like I don't know that I've ever been more embarrassed in my entire life. But when horny stuff would start to happen on television and I was watching something with my dad, I would always be like, oh, I think I'm going to go make myself a cup of tea. Without fail, my dad'd be like, Oh, okay, don't worry, I'll just I'll pause it. I'll pause it. I'll pause it so we can when you come back from making the cup of tea, we can we can watch it together. So I'm just gonna pause it now for you. And then when you come back from making the cup of tea, we'll keep watching this scene. Cause I'm sure you don't want to miss this scene. My dad is my hero and I love him to death and he's my favorite person. And he was exactly the sort of dad that you would expect for teen daughters. <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah, I, my dad was very much that person. Like, he would lean in on that hard shit. But at the same time, I just I, – I would watch it and I would – you know, as you're watching movies and their sex scenes, I would try not to melt into the ground. I don't know why. Like, I wasn't ashamed and I, my parents were obviously quite open-ish about sex. Obviously, you know – you got two teenage daughters and mm-hmm. one of them is with a long-term teenage boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You're going to make the assumption that, you know, P's and V's are doing something together. Yeah, I mean, I to this day I don't think my dad's ever thought about me having sex and he probably never will. Um <laughs> I mean, but fair. which I mean, is which you is are married. I mean, I just he, he's yeah. just like that's absolutely none of my business. And I also Catholic that, Catholic shame is I just also love hardcore. that there's like two sides of your dad about you and you being a sexual being. Yeah. In the sense that he loved to torment you about mm-hmm. this, about like I'm going to pause this very clearly mm-hmm. uncomfortable scene that yeah. is of the sexual nature. But then also, as you in real life, he's like, "Oh, you don't have sex. You are Barbie doll. Yeah. You are you and your husband are both Barbie and Ken, and yeah. you have no bits. Yeah. Therefore, you cannot insert bits into bits. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And I love it. I just think it's so great. It is. Mm-hmm. I've not met your dad. Uh, I've not met your dad, but I think no. it's fucking great. Yeah. I, I love my dad, but yes. he's—that's he, pretty much him in a um, well, in a nutshell. So we now they well uh, they're they're fucking um, they're tension fucking they're tension fucking. We cut back to the mayor. He is looking at some plans, and he also gets killed by the truck. Yeah, and so he gets um, flipped on the side of the road almost. Yeah, it is and brutal. It's pretty brutal. Some like pretty cool like yeah. VFX makeup. Like it looks really good. He actually looks dead. He he looks properly dead, and obviously this breaks the pattern because as we established earlier on, that the mayor is a white man, mm-hmm. um, and so far all of the deaths have been men of color. Yeah, we now cut back to Cassie and De- Dean post-coital. post This is for me the roughest dialogue in the episode it is as you said it's very days of our lives and you know 
I'm glazing over. Sorry, Megan. I can't give you much. I'm not. I just the talent's phoning because it in today. I th- again, I think this really demonstrates that like chemistry can make such a difference oh, yeah. to rough dialogue because yeah. Sam and Dean have had the same have a lot of scenes in this episode. The mm. dialogue hasn't been the best it's dialogue. It's, it's very clunky at best, uh, but it works because they have such phenomenal chemistry mm. with each other and they have really built this relationship. And you know, they're sort of however many mm. months into filming yeah. and. Spoiler alert! In case I guess you are new to Supernatural and this is all new to them, they are literally best friends in real life. It's just it doesn't feel very believable. It's like organic. the it's... the the dialogue's a bit clunky. It's not mm. very consistent with Dean, nope. the character that we're coming to learn. And mm. like I said, like we know that there's layers to him. Of we course. know that he's vulnerable underneath, but do. the dialogue is very days of our lives, mm. and so it doesn't really fit with the rest oh, of yeah. the story. If someone out there wants to put, like, the days of our lives, you know, <laughs> music over them and filter talking, and filter and, like, put, like, so they're all, like, bubbly and shiny and mm-hmm. have this, like, weird aura about them, but then also put the, the back, like, the tension noise background mm-hmm. post-coitus, because obviously days of our lives had many post-coitus mm-hmm. conversations. It would, you could think it, it would be like, oh, this is days of our lives. It's just clunky and I mm-hmm. I don't, again, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not blaming, you know, Jensen. I'm not blaming the actress. I'm sorry, I don't know her name. Megalyn. Thank you. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I know how annoying it is when your name's not pronounced correct, but I'm pretty sure it's Megalyn. Yeah. They're just, they're both great actors. When they're not in scenes together, they're really good. Mm. But it's when they're together and I don't know if it's the dial, it's, it's, it's a lot of combination of things. They're just not right for each other to fit, to be believable. Yeah. So things ramp up after this because they realise that the mayor has been killed in the yeah. same way, um, but he is obviously white. This is definitely also where you start to realise that they inter- that why they changed it to Missouri instead of Louisiana because it is legitimately like there's snow everywhere yeah. now. It's and actually snowing coats, like, when they're filming. Yeah, and everyone's wearing like overcoats mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, a lot of layers of clothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because um, at that stage, Cass's mum comes home. And we, because we we met mm. Cass's mum for the first time. Yes. So they have done a bit of research, and they realise off screen. Off, they uh, they've done some research of the Dorian family, who mm. are a very wealthy white family in the area. Yep. That the mayor had purchased the old Dorian house mm. many years ago, uh, not too long ago, yeah. and had immediately knocked it down. Yeah. And that's exactly when the murders had started. Yeah. They also realised that um, Cyrus Dorian, one of the sons, had disappeared back in the 60s and yep. was never seen, but that he used to drive a big black truck. And also the um, newspaper which Cass works at mm-hmm. was um, owned by the Dorian family as well. Exactly. So now we have a scene with Cassie's mum mm-hmm. and she – and I like this actress does a phenomenal oh, job. Oh, yeah, it's, like, a, it's, a good, it, it's a good scene. Again, it's the writing and I'm, I apologise. Like I know everyone's they, – they literally slapped a couple of, you know, pipe, you know, pipe cleaners and called it a day kind of scenario. It's very – Mm. You know, they phoned it in and I get it, understand. Goddamn Gary. Goddamn Gary and the intern. Um, <laughs> yep. Gary the intern just really fucked us over. Um, but yeah, you're right. She really, and like you under, you empathize, you mm-hmm. understand the story, what we're about to find out yeah. from Cass's mom. Yeah. So Kathleen Noon is the actress. I think she does a phenomenal job of telling this story of mm. how she dated um, Cyrus, yeah. but she was also seeing Martin in secret. It was the 60s. Interracial couples were not seen as a positive thing. No, they were not. And eventually she broke it off with Cyrus and decided to marry, marry Martin, mm. who's ultimately was Cassie's father. Yep. 
And this is in amongst this story of the of people of, of men of color disappearing into this black yeah. truck. Um, and on the night that they were intended to be married, they decided to elope instead. Um, and that night, the church burned down where they were, where going, they were going to get, to get married. married. And the there was a church, there was a choir in in there, a and children's choir, a children's choir, and they all they all died. Mm. And that not long after that, Martin was taken by this truck, which was driven by Cyrus. In case anyone hasn't worked worked that out, and Cyrus started to beat him. Obviously, the subtext of this, and again, this is where this episode delves into some pretty serious stuff but doesn't have the nuance to really approach it appropriately. They grace the surface, but they don't delve deep. No, not at all into racially motivated murders and, you know, how much that occurred. Yeah. And in some way, in many ways, it still occurs in a lot of places in the world, particularly in America, Hmm. in this particular context at least. Um, And he – but he fought back and he ultimately killed Cyrus and he he, and Jimmy, who was the editor – um, and Randall, who Randall was it Randall Clayton. Clayton. I'm sorry. In my head, I'm like it's a really American name, Clayton. Clayton. Um, him and Clayton and uh, Jimmy hid the truck in the swamp and swore to never speak about it. And that the mayor had been investigating the his Jimmy. He was had, a cop. Had been investigating the disappearance of Cyrus and yep. decided to do nothing about it once he realized what had happened. Yeah. Um, and Dean sort of very innocently. And for me, this was kind of my level of innocence in 2005 mm-hmm. goes, well, why didn't you call the cops? And she looked at him and she was like, it was the sixties. Like there was no way that they were going to get justice no. for what happened. No. Um, and so. Oh yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> that happens in her dialogue because it's just her speaking for a couple of minutes and you're just like oh shit this gets really heavy and the story like she loved martin so much Mm. cyrus was going to propose she broke it off before he could propose Mm -hmm. he got he got angry he became vengeful Mm -hmm. um once he found out that um cass's mum was going to marry martin and Mm -hmm. they were going to get married in this church so the implication we don't hear we don't know, we don't know as such, like mm-hmm. it's not for our, like Cyrus burnt down the church, but the implication is that out of retaliation, mm-hmm. he burned the church down. So yeah, so that same night, um, Cassie is in the house alone and now she, oh, so before we get this story, Cassie had been alone in the house and the truck had come to get her. And this is kind of where I see what Eric yeah. was saying, that like it is very stupid that she's in a house, she's safe and the truck is like, stalking her around the house like it's not very effective in terms of being scary like what's the truck going to do it just reminds Um, me of um Futurama's version of um Christine yes where where Bender's is like it's very stupid but obviously with Futurama the nuance is it's meant to be stupid whereas this just seems silly and she's like I'm scared I'm in a house Mm -hmm. and this this truck is gonna get me it's like you're in a two-story house it's a ghost truck yeah you can't enter the truck yeah, it's not the it, the ghost in this the 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 presence is the truck, not mm-hmm. Cyrus the person. Yeah. So Sam and Dean realize they need to go and get the um, truck out of the swamp. Mm-hmm. They need to burn the remains. Yep. Um, salt and burn the remains. Salt and burn uh, to get rid of the ghost of Cyrus. So that's what they do. Mm. They go off and they burn the remains, but that doesn't work. Kind of. We're taking mm-hmm. a beat back when. 
they get to the lake, the swamp, mm-hmm. the whatever they go. Yeah. Where the fuck did Dean get the goddamn, like, tractor from? Because he just had, was the tractor just, like, parked, reverse parked, ready to go? Like, it's never explained. And when <laughs> I was watching, I'm like, okay, because there is a cut scene in, if you're watching it on stand, there is a cut scene. I'm not too sure if it's on the DVD, but there is a cut scene where they've got this plan, they know what you need to do, and then all of a sudden, Dean's just, like, reversing, reversing this tractor. So they can be wenched onto the, we presume. I'm like, also, I love how they found the truck in the water quite quickly without mm-hmm. Scooby. Like, it's just nonsense. But then when he's, as he's like bringing the tractor forward to then hoist out the the evil truck, mm-hmm. my brain was like, what? Where? How? Mm-hmm. Who? When? Huh? I was very confused. And then it's just never spoken of. Like, if mm-hmm. I go, oh, yeah, you know, this is Jimmy's truck and we obviously are on Jimmy's land mm-hmm. or we're on Blah land. We've just rocked up with a truck. It's like, did you go into town and go, who has a tractor? You mm-hmm. do, can we borrow it? Why? Reasons unknown, you don't need to know. Like, yeah. you need to know business. It's like, no one's going to lend two boys a tractor. And the presumption is like, is it Cass's? Because is the swamp close to their house? Because mm-hmm. tractors coming from a country town, tracks on the road don't move fast no so yeah i don't think we've got an explanation for that Sorry. but the Cat, um, again Cat getting bogged down in the small nigger yes asking the questions that no don't one's pull asking. the thread yeah um they they but it actually just makes the spirit more angry oh yeah and so dean gets in the impala and yep. he is going to um sort of distract cyrus distract the truck while sam tries to burn Continue. the whole truck which um, is also wet yes so Dean is driving around. He's driving the Impala around. He's being chased by this truck. He's talking to Sam on the phone. Don't talk on the phone, yeah. guys, when you're yeah. driving. Yeah. But understand the circumstances, and this was in the time before we had Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, also, this is the time where it wasn't really – like it was starting to become a thing. Like don't yeah. text and call and drive because people yeah. die. Yeah. But Sam's trying to burn the truck. He realizes it's not going to work, and so he comes up with the plan – of getting luring the truck to the place where the original church was because mm-hmm. church ground is still hallowed ground even if the church isn't there yep. and that will hopefully dissipate the spirit so he's getting dean to drive along this road he gets information from cassie about where to go and where to drive he tells dean where to go dean right. is driving along sam's like you have to stop at this particular point where you've gone x amount of miles uh, which Dean does, and then he's like, okay, stop. And Dean's like, okay, what am I doing now? And he's like, well, what's the truck doing? He's like, it's just like watching me. It's like, I think it was like a quarter of like a, 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 a seventh of an eighth of a mile yeah. or something. And I was Inexplicable in distances to yeah. us. <laughs> yes, we are on the metric system. Yes, uh, as we all should be, guys. Yeah. What is that in kilometers? Under knows. I didn't look it up and I'm not going to. No. But, but it um, seems a bit like of an odd detail to, mm-hmm. like, it just seems like a little bit, why do I need to know this? But yeah, I don't know where the, the tractor came from, you know? Yes. And so Sam is like, well, you're waiting for the truck to come for you. Yeah. And Dean's like, what? Yeah. And Dean is not happy. Sam is a loose cannon in this episode. Like, this is such a wild plan. So the truck burns towards Dean. It obviously crosses that hallowed ground and, um, and dissipate, disappears. Pretty shitty CP, CGI. And <laughs> CGI this, swarm. CGI swarm in the end of this. And Dean is like talking to Sam after and he's like, what, like, what, 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 what would you have done if that hadn't worked? And Sam's like, you know, I didn't really even think about that. And, and Dean, Dean just gets back in the car like, uh, uh, what? You, you didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about it. 
Yeah. Um, and this he's... is one bit of dialogue that I really like is this little exchange between yeah. them. It's very funny. It's very well delivered by uh, both of them. And I think because they're both, they know what's, what's up. Mm-hmm. And they probably had, you know, I feel like they've read this the script and gone, oh, we're going to have to really pull in double time to really get this over the line. Mm-hmm. And Correct, boys. Correct. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just the – I think it's just Jensen's delivery of just yep. being like, this mother – this fucking guy. Yeah. This, this motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, this motherfucker. And that's the thing. Like, Jensen and Jared have already really started to establish a really strong sense of who their characters are. And yeah. so I think that's why this episode in so many ways feels so out of place. Yeah. Because it's so out of character. Yeah. Like, again, I do like the idea that there's a more vulnerable Dean because we are starting to see that there is this more vulnerable side to him that wants mm. maybe something different to what he yeah. officially says. But I just don't think this episode captured who Dean is or how he would communicate this Sam. stuff. Sam's yeah. kind of neglected he's kind yeah. of like he's the third wheel of yeah. this dry as the sahara desert chemistry that is mm-hmm. being produced from this episode mm-hmm. and so he's kind of in the background just being like the annoying little brother mm-hmm. even though he's that's not actually what he's actually doing yeah and we don't really get much research we don't get to see sam digging into things and no. finding out why and how it's all mm-hmm. we, we only find out because of Cass's mom yeah who's the only survivor from that particular circle mm-hmm. of the actual chain events from Cyrus. Mm-hmm. It's just very clunky. Yeah. And I'm, I keep saying clunky. I'm sorry, guys. It's just, yeah, cat's had it. She's bullshit. Mita is <laughs> over like, it. It's officially it's <laughs> over it. Officially. If you understand, mm. if you know the reference, you know what it's about. Like my bullshit meter is like two more mm. eyebrows and I'm currently overflowing. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I feel sorry for the actress because I feel like she's a great actress, mm-hmm. but the script, the story. Yeah. Clunky at best. Yeah, absolutely. Zero stars. So we get, we get to the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, Dean is saying goodbye to Cassie and he sort of floats the idea of maybe they will have a future together. Maybe he'll see her again. And she's like, I'm a realist. I don't see much of a future for us. Especially when you hunt ghosts for a living. Yeah. And he's, you know, that we're just in such different places. And he's like, well, I've seen stranger things happen. And she sort of dead looks him dead in the eye and says goodbye. And, you know, again, this is where I wish that this was a better written episode, this idea of kind of Dean in a way being let down again and, you know, again trying to put his heart out there a little bit and sort of getting shut down. He got Um, his tension fuck. I mean, in her head she's like, I think how the episode should have played out is like Mm -hmm. once they had that exchange, the release of tensions, Mm -hmm. that was – that. I'm guessing from her character's perspective was the final chapter. Like that mm-hmm. was the full circle moment. She's closed that chapter in her life. She yeah. can move on. Whereas Dean, it should have, and again, it's the delivery. It's, yeah. the, it's everything. The story. I see where they were going with it. Like mm-hmm. that was for her a closure. That for him was an opening. Yeah. And, you know, they've missed their own yeah. different wavelengths because of Dean's job and where, you know, mm-hmm. Cass is going with her, you know, being a journalist and now mm-hmm. she's going to be taking over the newspaper of the local mm-hmm. town. So I love that you've given her that story that that's not discussed in the show. I know, but I mean, a lot of things aren't discussed in this fucking episode. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm <laughs> here once We're again, here, just filling in the blanks, explaining the, blanks. the after story of, yeah. of all of the Look, characters. It, it may become a it may become a thread. I don't know, but I'm gonna fix this because yeah. I feel I'm a fixer. Yeah, and this needs to be. Yeah, this needs 
Cat fixes the episode. Yeah. I will say, spoiler alert, but again, kind of like with Dean's alleged secret in Bloody Mary that never went anywhere, we never see Cassie again. Nope. This is another dead end yep. plot point that ends. I do want to have – so I I play a little fun game when I see actors kiss each other of like do we think they're good kisses in real life? Because, yeah, I'm under the sneaking suspicion that Colin Firth is not a good kisser in real life. Oh, no, he looks – If his- you look at him kissing in films, and I love Colin Firth, it just doesn't look great. But do we think – Jensen and Megalyn are good kisses in real life based on this final kiss that they have before they say goodbye. Not with each other. <laughs> Not with each other. It doesn't – again, it goes back to the whole chemistry and things. It, mm-hmm. Their bodies aren't meant to be kissing each other. Okay. I feel like separately if – I wonder, like, the way that Cass is written, I feel like she would be more up Sam's alley in the sense okay. of, you know – they're both intellectual. They're a little yeah. bit sassy. They're they're both headstrong, but mm-hmm. in their own right. Whereas Dean's like bravado. Yeah, I don't see it as headstrong. I see bravado, Moxie. Yeah, I see her as Moxie undertones, mm-hmm. but she's headstrong. She's smart. Not saying mm-hmm. that Dean's not. He's more street common sense. Mm-hmm. Sam is more definitely leans on that mm-hmm. intellectual side. So I feel like they could, mm-hmm. if they kissed, I'd be like, I mean, now it's just a porno because I'm like. She kisses Dean and now she's kissing Sam and yeah. now we're in some incest. Now we're in a plot of a now that absolutely exists on the internet. Oh, I it's know it's got, oh. it's got to exist on the internet. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think they're both good kisses in real life, life. but just Except, not to just not to each other. Not with, we've not, we've got more time to assess if Jensen's a good oh, kisser. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. That's what we're here for. Um, we will talk about it. Huh? But that's the end of the episode. Yeah, so guys, this one was a very weird. I'm sorry if you're going to be hearing us going. Whoa, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> It was one of those episodes. Yeah. It was. Do you want to hear something really disappointing? Oh, no. <laughs> this, episode this episode has the highest rating of any Supernatural episode that was ever aired. The most people watched this episode out of any of the 327 episodes, the like- most people watched this episode. Obviously, it's all approximates. It's all complicated things with who has TVs on. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how they track it. But, yeah, theoretically, this had the <sighs> best, like, I know. Isn't that such a bummer? But that's the end of the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go subscribe on your Mm -hmm. favorite podcast. If you can, please leave us a uh, rating on iTunes, preferably five stars. Um, You can follow us on Instagram. We will talk about it pod. Mm -hmm. Um, On Twitter, we are we will talk pod. Uh, You can email us at we will talk about it pod at gmail.com. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a colleague. That you that you think might like the show. If you were playing the drinking game, I hope you had a fun time. I don't think we hit many things. I did say Moxie a couple of times. Uh, I also did say um, double shot for uh, tension fuck for tension fuck, which Men, is <laughs> by this t- by this stage you're no longer with us. Yeah, and, um, so apologies to your, to your um, vital organs. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, stay safe and enjoy some tension fucking. Ooh, bye guys. Bye. <laughs>